0: Apologies for that, but I believe we are good to go. So, yes, what is going on, everybody? Welcome back to another brand new Robbie Muscle podcast, the first of 2021, and the first QA edition here on the Robbie Muscle Athletes Facebook page. I'm your host as always, TJ, and today I've got quite I've got some good questions. I've got a couple of questions that I've already previewed and I've got oh, oh people aren't gonna like the answers to these, but I will pursue with them, nonetheless. I also want to, in this edition, get through um, some not just questions, but a few of you have dropped your goals for the year down into in a uh, in a post that I posted up on the on the Facebook group, and I want to sort of go through those to sort of help you guys get a better idea because this is the beginning. This is the beginning of 2021 and it is a time where we are all setting ourselves some lofty goals and um, really you know trying to start with a blank slate which I'll sort of get into in a second but we're trying to start off with a blank slate and it's a good time to really see what we can do and sort of reinvent ourselves and figure out exactly what we want to achieve from the year and i mean with that in mind let's just get straight into my uh weekly edition of dumb shit i've done in pursuit of the gains and this is another one uh with reference to goal setting where i used to or not i used to i did it i think i did it once maybe i did it twice because i thought it was so cool even though it didn't work the uh first time i thought i'd try it again but I Think two times, some probably like 2012 and 2013 or 2014, maybe. Uh, I went about setting myself a hundred goals to accomplish. And I think the first time I did this, it was a hundred goals where I wanted to do like, perform like physical feats. So it's like bench 150 kilos, uh, squat 200 qu- kilos, uh, clean and jerk 140 kilos, uh, you know, do. I think there was some sort of score that I wanted to complete in a 5K run. Um, I also wanted to get a body fat to a certain level. And it was all these sorts of uh, crazy goals that sort of conflicted with one another. And not only did – like 100 is like so many different things. It's like there was – you know. and I say this is my dumb shit for this week because I think that this is – what a lot of us can do is – we can get carried away with what we think future us is going to be able to accomplish. And we can really think that, uh, oh, you know, uh, this means a lot to me and I can really achieve. Uh, I put my mind to it. I'm going to set these goals. And you don't really think about, well, you know, how, how are you going to go about doing all this? And when we look at it, I'm going to just adjust this screen. Hold on. The shadow is right in my face. So if I go a little bit lower. Much, much much better. So if I go about, um, you know, if I write myself a hundred goals, I've then got to like create a plan to achieve a hundred different physical feats, which is fucking ridiculous. It's, you know, it's two different things a week. Uh, e- even if I was accomplishing like week after week, after week, after week, which is not going to happen. It's their ambitious goals. So they takes months on end to be able to try and to accomplish. And it just doesn't happen. And so it was really it was something that I saw recommended once and I thought it was a really good idea. Um I think the second time I did it I realized that a hundred physical things was probably a little bit too much. So then I did like probably fifty physical things and then fifty things with like personal development and stuff. And again, it's just too much. It's just way too much shit to try and concentrate on. And this is one of the biggest things that I see as a as a, an issue is that we try to accomplish way too much with regards to our training, our physical bodies and um we don't understand that, like, if we if we are sort of, you know, when you go to create a character in any sort of video game, you have a certain amount of allotted points to distribute out of, all, you know, through the characteristics of those players. Um, and you can't just give yourself 100 and 100 and 100 and 100 because that's real life. And it's the same thing when you're trying to figure out what you're trying to achieve with your training. You can't just say, right, I'm going to be... Much, much faster and bigger and stronger and more fit and more skilled, and all of this stuff because, like, it's just not how the body works. We can only grow a certain system, and those systems oppose each other, and it just becomes uh, even more difficult. You know, uh, I know some sort of creative characters in games where if you put like speed to 10, you couldn't put weight to 10 because those two don't just coincide. It's a reason that you don't have the world's strongest man competitors also competing in CrossFit. And even the CrossFit ones that should be good at everything, don't compete in other sports too much. There are are certain various, you know, if you're going to nitpick, there are certain exceptions. But for the most part, you know, this is the message I want to sort of spread for 2021. It's stop focusing on so many different things that you want to accomplish. Really figure out, like, get down to the nitty-gritty And go deep and figure out exactly what it is that's going to make you better and focus on that like it's we're in a world where we are constantly distracted with noise from social media telling us you know that we're injured that we're slow that we're doing everything wrong that we must do this and we must do this and we must do this and it's all noise you it's it's upon you to figure out what you want to achieve in 2021 and and it's upon you to go ahead and plan and figure out how to do that. It's not just, you know, right, I want to do all of these things and then they're going to come. It's just not how it works. Unfortunately, you know, um, and that's another dumb shit I did in the pursuit of uh, gains. Okay, so now to get into this podcast itself or the Q&A's, I will go through um, questions that have been asked first and questions that have been asked by people trying to get into the group. There's some really good ones that I want to make sure I get into and I do want to make sure I've got 10 minutes at The end, so we'll go for a, probably a good uh, 15 minutes here. So I've got four 30 35 minutes to answer questions. Before I do that, I do want to explain that the glasses are because if you can see, this eye is pretty messed up. Um, got some sort of pink eye conjunct device situation going on. Um, I almost thought about canceling this podcast, but I went to the gym. So I I should do this podcast, I should be fine. Um, and for those that don't know, I am uh if we're talking about those characters where you know you're allotted certain points for certain characteristics, my vision and my characteristics is a is a one <laughs> out of ten, or maybe even out of a hundred. My eyes are absolutely terrible. Um I I I would be dead if glasses, prescription glasses or uh, contact lenses weren't a thing. So I definitely wouldn't be able to play rugby if uh contact lenses weren't a thing. Like I wouldn't be able to see the ball. That's how uh bad my eyes are. So bear bear with me as I look a little bit strange. Or or if you're listening to podcasts, just don't just don't go to the YouTube version. Just just proceed. Okay? Cool. See how fluffy my hair gets over this episode as we got nice and uh nice uh wet tips going on here today. All right. Without further ado, that is enough rambling. First question we've got from well, this isn't really a question, but Nick Hansen says I'm a college rugby player just looking for better workout regimes, training drills, and etc. So I think this is going to be a bit of a theme for this Q and A edition: is um, like answering sort of questions. In a different way. I'm not going to, you know, tell you. Here are some more things that you need to do, and uh, here are some extra training drills. I think you should focus on, again, the, the number one thing I think most people need to do, and nobody, nobody fucking does, is a needs analysis. So you look at yourself as a rugby player in your position, and it doesn't even have to be a position, but you're you're the player that you you compare yourself to the player you want to be. Okay maybe you already have really good kicking skills and you're a good fly half or maybe you're a lock and you're already really good in the line out um, or you already carry really well but there are different areas that you need to improve figure out what it is you want to achieve as a a player as a whole and with your physical body and then figure out where your weaknesses are the biggest glaring weaknesses that you need to work on if you are a 70 kilogram uh, lock there's a good chance that your biggest weakness there is mass so you need to work on getting bigger Likewise, if you're someone that gasses after 20 minutes, no matter what, even if you're really explosive, conditioning, you know? There are going to be certain different areas where everyone lacks compared to their final product that they want to be as a physical human or a rugby player. Identify those things. That's it. Stop looking at everything else because, again, there's so much noise. You know, we always want to continue to look for something better. But if you've figured out what you need to improve upon and you're on a path to go about improving those things, that's what you need to focus on. You don't need to focus on um, other mobility drills or or other areas where you didn't even know existed. Focus on, especially most guys that are listening to this podcast, you're going to have glaring weaknesses that you know you need to work on. You're going to have things that you don't need someone to remind you or, or to make you aware of a thing that you need to work on, right? It's probably conditioning or it's probably fat loss or it's probably getting stronger and bigger. It's like I think I think for the most part a lot of players just lacking those things. So focus on those things and execute about that for three months. Okay. It's all you're gonna focus on. You're not gonna change your program. You're gonna set about a three month plan. Once you've done that, you look back and you reflect and you see, all right, am I closer to where I need to be? If not, what needs to change? If I am, great. Where else can I work on? How do I go about doing that? You do another three month plan, boom, and you you set about a course again. And and that way you stop uh constantly trying to do more research and i said this i think in the christmas uh edition right one of the things i still struggle with them with my own training is that i still do a lot of research for um like training purposes right because i want to be the best at my job as i can be the problem is sometimes that that can affect my training i always question myself do i need to do this better for me do i need to do you know so i i really have a, a tough time So much so that I hire, I pay for other people to consult with to put down my training and and then I know that because I'm going to consult with that person again, I know that I'm no longer going to make stupid adjustments because I have to explain them. And if I actually have to explain, yeah, you know, I got caught up in the short-term thinking like an idiot again and sort of balls up my plan, I feel like a bit of a knob. So, you know, that sort of really works out for me. But that's the biggest thing is that keep the goal the goal. We are so... Um, we're so short term minded now that if we haven't achieved something in two weeks, we 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 switch and change. And two weeks is not enough for fucking anything to to manifest. Okay, the body is a long term processing thing. You have to be more consistent. So, I would say, Nick, just look at you know where you need to improve and just focus on that. Don't worry about it. Like, definitely, what spend some good time working on your skills, and then that's it. Really, training. You know, keep it. It doesn't have to be anything fancy and i think this is a bit this is probably my last point i want to make on this question it's a point that i'm going to sort of bring up a lot this year i think is that when you look at professionals training that yeah, you know, if if they if they have muscle and fitness or if they have men's fitness or if they have an interview coming in or if they have the tv cameras coming in Ninety percent of the time, they change it or they pick their most glamorous day. You know, whether they're going to do a, like an overly aggressive testing phase or an overly aggressive uh, energy uh, over. Yeah, you know, uh, what do you call it? A conditioning. You know, in really intense conditioning uh, training session or whatever it is that looks cool, but you don't see the hours and hours and hours of just boring pointless shit they do if you even if like if you would go to any professional club at the top tier look at the scrum halves they practice just passing on their knees for 30 minutes many days in a row you don't ever see that but that is something that they do because that's the boring stuff that you have to get really good at in order to get better okay so don't look for glamorous training methods just look at practicing the skills that you need to practice cool Uh, Lockie says train differences between league and union. I I believe I've literally read that sentence. Lockie says train difference. I think I've done it two times before already. Um, uh, you know, for most athletes, there's not, I'm going to, Lockie, when you listen to this, get more specific and I will give you a more specific answer. But for most athletes, there's not a massive, uh, particularly most amateur athletes. There's not a huge difference. Um, The huge difference is in the game that you're playing. So if if you're playing rugby union, you're going to, when you're training, do rucking drills and shit. But like, if it comes, if you're talking about strength and conditioning, it's all general anyway. So it doesn't, there's not too much of a difference in that. I I would say that potentially league requires a little bit more lactic work because when you're defending, it's fairly intense. So you work hard hard for like a, a minute or so without rest. And then you get like a minute off when you attack and you could just walk for half of it. But the forwards is different. You know, you're rotating and rotate out. You know, there's potential there for a slightly different energy system work. But really, like, I, th- I just don't like that question. Um, you know, it's way too generic. And I refuse to go any further with that question. So that is that. Let's see how the live feed is doing before we go on. Oh, good. We've got some people on. How are you all doing? Any questions that I can answer for you guys that are on live, I will get to those um, somewhat immediately. Um, So I'll answer one more question, and I'll check the live questions and get to those. Uh, Rob says, as a 40-year-old guy, I want to learn how to stay strong and mobile as I play veteran rugby. Cool. Great question. Um, I think I'm going to be, at some point this year, also... Getting further and further detailed in this because I get this question a lot, and I think it's a it's a great fucking question because it's more it's just as rewarding for me, if not more rewarding, to teach, to show a guy how to continue to play this awesome game of rugby into their forties, and sometimes most of the time actually that when I work with people, play their best rugby into their forties. Um, I, I find that massively rewarding. I think it's absolutely possible. Problem is, most people get to their you know they get to their late thirties and they just sack everything off. Then they get hurt. Then they go back to play, you know, then they do less. Then they go play rugby whilst already sort of hurt and they hurt themselves more because, they're, you know, they're all sorts of fucked up already and then they only play once a year and then they hurt themselves even more because they're more liable to get injured. Then they're even more hurt, so they'd even do even less. It's just a bad sort of uh, cycle to get into. So let's prevent that by consistently, uh, by asking this question and by going to the gym, you know, three times a week minimum you're going to already be ahead of the curve of most 40 year old rugby players most 40 year old players the rugby that they do is the only physical exercise that they do they do that as their training program they're like oh i'll play rugby once a week you know not not the best in terms of like trying to stay injury free so you're already ahead of the game on that on that uh part but i would say when you go to train Particularly with the weights and with the, if you're getting into the gym, I'd really and even with the conditioning. As a general rule of thumb, I would take everything easy. Okay, you know, keep everything the best quality you can. If you're running, run to the best quality you can. Don't run overly fatigued. Don't you know? Keep if you're keeping it aerobic, try and be really light on your feet. Make sure that your heart rate stays at around one twenty. You probably don't even have to get to the one thirty to one forty range. Um, usually, I recommend one twenty to one thirty five, forty ish. For most people, which is like a 6 to a 7 out of 10. For the uh, veterans, I'd just stay at a 6 out of 10 and just really work that low-end heart rate. Keep as light on your feet as you can. Ideally, probably don't run. Probably use the elliptical. Stay off your feet a little bit and then weight train. um, Full range of motion. Stay away from failure. I don't necessarily say you have to lift heavy or light. Uh, depending on where you are in your programming and what you're trying to improve, whether that's strength or trying to keep a hold of muscle. I I do think you probably want to incorporate some sort of heavy lifting, but heavy can be relative. It could be a heavy set of 10. I'd keep everything, every movement should be perfect, right? So you're not doing um, sloppy sets of five or you're not doing the last three reps, you know, the sort of, you know, that guy that goes to the gym and he's got two elbow pads, he's got two knee pads, even though he's not doing any legs at all. And, you know, you're just thinking this guy, like, is not a walking advertisement for staying injury-free whilst doing weights. And then you just see him load up the fucking uh, barbell to do some bicep curls with a really shit range of motion. He's just really heavy, and he fucking throws that thing up. And you're like, no wonder this fucking guy's wearing elbow pads. Of course he's got elbow issues. He's, he's, this is ridiculous. Be the opposite of that guy, right? Don't worry too much about the weight. Worry about really thinking about contracting each muscle and moving as perfectly as you can through every single exercise that you do. Um, and therefore, you, know, for the most part, as a rule of thumb, keep one to two reps in reserve. So as soon as you feel like your form might start breaking down, you should stop. you know um, and this is fairly conservative, but if you want to, if all you want to do is hold on to as much muscle mass, um ideally get a little bit stronger but you know it's not the biggest concern the biggest concern is staying injury free to be able to play rugby to your best of ability that is exactly how i would do it um continue to manage fatigue and rather than kind of like adding two and a half kilograms or, or five kilograms to the bar every single week or even adding like 1.25 kilograms or whatever to the bar every single week potentially look at just um potentially look at just trying to do uh yeah you know, an extra rep and that's not an extra rep total i mean it's not an extra rep every single set it might even be just an extra rep total right so rather than do doing 10 9 7 for three sets of whatever you do 10 9 8 that's an improvement and that's all the improvement you need to be you what do you got what uh something that sounds shit to say out loud is like once you're in your 40s your body's going this wants to go this way it wants to go downhill it wants to get weaker it wants to start getting rid of all this stuff and, and having every every other process sort of go back downhill your job is just to prevent that so if you're getting you know if you're adding reps week on week you're doing all right even if it is one rep if you're just maintaining and you're still being able to play rugby that's pretty good you know you could add a rep every two weeks and then over 10 weeks you've added five reps to that and maybe the next time you can try and more challenging weight or whatever you know so many different ways that you can do that um but that's how i would do it it it, just don't worry too much about making massive gains just worry about ticking the box every time you go to the gym let's see what the live feed says oh we do have a question this uh my software doesn't do a good job It's posted. I was just about to shit on the software, and it's now it's posted up the question onto my uh, video. I didn't know I could do that. (laughs) So, it's best kind of flexibility training for an old dude trying to maintain mobility and remain injury free. Literally, exactly what I said. Uh, If you were listening to that question, you got the answer. It's not really flexibility training. Um, It's full range of motion weight training use your body through the range of motion that you want to get stronger at what you want to get better at and do that like um you know you want to teach your body that it's okay to you know reach all the way down and then reach all the way above your head and that will be completely pain-free you know you want to teach your body that it's okay to get into a full depth squat um the reason that it doesn't it doesn't like that you know sometimes you feel tightness in your hips or tightness in your hamstrings it's not because the 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 muscle is actually tight because it's a neural thing trying to say to your body to protect itself so over time just you know practice full range of motion if you can't get a good range of motion just trying to improve by millimeters centimeters each week and that's that's the perfect uh case for where i was talking about not necessarily adding weight or adding too many reps at a bar each week or to your exercise this would be perfect, you know you wouldn't aim to add more reps or add more uh, weight. you would aim to have the exact same weight, the exact same reps and sets, but just move a little bit better each week, and that in itself is overload you're doing more than you were last week, you know you're moving it through a bigger range of motion and you're controlling it more and you will improve and you will feel the benefits. There is some potential for some stretching after you finish, but I would just say that for the most part, that stretching is more about like just relaxing those muscles Uh, and there's no there's literally no evidence to suggest and and it sounds ridiculous to say this out loud but it's actually true in the science there is literally no evidence to suggest that uh, flexibility training past a you know outside of injuries that you already have that you've got a rehab flexibility training will improve your your chances of not getting injured. You know, uh, just because you're you're you can now stretch the shoulder to become here, does, doesn't mean that, that if someone yanks your shoulder, it's not going to just tear. You know, it's not. Yeah, you know, just being flexible in a passive range of motion isn't um, like a, a anything to really, really, really help you stay injury free. Getting really stronger, on the other side, is like fucking ironclad in the science to, pr- to prevent injuries right you know if you've got a stronger muscle you can resist the force coming towards you or you can hold stronger and you can have a stronger core and the other forces don't get as um you know you know the forces that are being applied to you don't have as much of an impact because you're stronger so yeah one more point on this uh as a 40 year old guy i do have a whole podcast and i will i need to make sure i get it up on youtube i have a podcast about my my best tips for being able to continue to train and play at your best in your 40s. So go look that up um, because that really does sort of uh, lay it out as, as good as possible. Okay, next question. Napoleon, not that Napoleon, a different Napoleon. He says, looking to up my fitness level, bodybuilding is not in my agenda, but I'd like to appear more rugby fit. I think if you just go back to that earlier question I answered on, um, from Nick, the college rugby player, like looking for better things, it would just be that. Give yourself a needs analysis. Where do you need to improve? Um, focus on that for 12 weeks. Improve upon those things for 12 weeks. And then look for the next thing you need to improve. Look for the next thing you need to improve. And then all of a sudden, it's been a year, you know, 48 weeks with one week off in between each 12 weeks, and you've really, really, really improved at four different things, as opposed to constantly, um, like a moth between all different lights, just flying around and never accomplishing anything. You want to be that moth that goes to... What what do moths try and do? They try and extinguish the flame? You know, boom, put out one flame, put out another flame, put out another flame, or whatever better analogy there is to... um, sort of define that next question we have from oh i haven't seen this one jet gel gel otter says with high metabolism i'm always struggling with keeping the build keeping to build up mass so looking for an ideal combo of high interval cardio <laughs> Uh, and maintaining, building muscle mass. Sorry, I laughed. I'll get back to that. Since I'm not the most tall flanker, weight is the key. Since you're not the most tall flanker, work rate is the key. Cardio is the key. I'd say um, aerobic conditioning is going to be your biggest thing that you need to improve upon. Um, as a back row, for the, the better your aerobic system, the better you can get around the park. That is massively going to help you as a player. Um, I would say do not worry too much about arbitrary, like listen to one of my previous podcasts, I think it was last week's one. Um, So like if you listen to last, I think it was last week's, I I had a big rant on why you shouldn't just have random, like I need to be this weight goals. You know, you, Definitely try and be stronger, but if you're a smaller back row, your biggest thing is that you need to be really fit because you need to get everywhere to be over the ball, to be a pain at ruck time, to carry as much as you can, to get that work rate. That work rate is what's going to get you uh, you know, to be a better player, a more effective player on the field than your bigger uh, equivalents that are either on your team that you're contesting or they're on the other team that you're trying to beat. You want to be everywhere. So you want to really make sure that you are doing – uh, a lot of aerobic work. On top of that, you want to make sure that you're powerful. You, make, you want to make sure that you've got a strong core. Um, now, in terms of weight being key, I, it, this is the simplest answer ever. You just got to eat enough. Like, yes, that might seem fairly simplistic, but that it, that is the fucking answer. You know, there, there isn't any other thing than eating enough. Yes, there's lots of things that go into eating enough. Like, you know, eating most like easy, easily digestible carbs. And, you know, eating when you don't really want to eat is a thing as well. Um, Being on point with your your tracking of your weight is another thing that you need to make sure that you're doing. So all these things go into it, but it's making sure that you eat enough. And if you're you're really not sure about this sort of mechanism of hypertrophy, how you can incorporate that into your training, if you need to get bigger, um, like how you can incorporate that around your aerobic training and your other things – I would go and look at my Hypertrophy 101, Hypertrophy 102 episodes. Hypertrophy 103, I think, will be out next week. Um, so look out for that. But essentially, it's, there. Is, you know, firstly, don't worry about high interval cardio. Worry about just having the best aerobic system that you can. Then make your training nice and intense and then give yourself enough volume that you can build muscle mass um, and make sure that you're eating enough so that you can maintain that. It's... As simple as that we can go into other um way there are so many different ways that you can sort of go about doing that um and i think i did that on the hypertrophy 102 or hypertrophy 103 i don't remember which one but i definitely went through a week and, and sort of outlay laid out how you would go about planning your week so go look in go look into that um uh, to answer that question but that, that's pretty much it let's check on the live feed for one second. Currently doing a leg day workout. Pros and cons of barbell squat being front or back. Um, I don't like to say pros or cons. It's more like differences, right? Pros and cons means good or bad. It's not... Depends what you're trying to achieve, whether these things are good or bad. But essentially... A front squat will develop a lot more, a little bit more of a stronger core because you're you're trying to stop yourself from just falling over. So your core has to keep it a lot to help keep your body upright. So I do like it for um, for certain strength phases, certain uh, power phases where you want to sort of transition from having strong legs to having strong rocking and tackling power because it does transfer quite well. The other thing I would look at is uh when looking at front squats versus back squats, is how your body is positioned. And what you'll notice is that your knees will go a lot further forward and your hips will go a lot less far. Less far? They'll stay a lot closer in. They won't go back. Your hips will stay a lot closer in and therefore you put a lot more emphasis on the quads. Uh, front squats will be a lot more intensive on the quads. Um, you won't be able to use as heavy a weight, but they'll, you know, they'll tax the quads a little bit more. Whereas a back squat... A back squat can be more adaptable. You can definitely make a back squat really target the quads, but you can also, you know, sort of half good morning a back squat and make it really target the glutes and the ham... not too much the hamstrings, but really the glutes and the lower back. Um, overall, there are so many differences. You could also... it depends on how low you go. Um, and then the other thing I sort of have come to realize the more I do this and is that front squats are actually a really shitty exercise for... Um, hypertrophy so if you're doing anything more than eight reps with a front squat I mean if you're doing anything more than six reps with a front squat power to you that is fucking tough because it's not just because because like I mentioned before it's that it's that taxing on the core and trying to just hold your body upright is such a bitch when you're you know when you're getting fatigued and that's why it doesn't work quite well because you end up fatiguing and you stop because you're so gassed you're so you're so uh, taxed, trying to breathe, just trying to hold and keep your core strong that you have to rack the butt that rack the weight, your quads, like they've still got five or six reps left in them. And so it, it really does depend on what you're trying to achieve. Um, you know, and then there are some people that just don't squat very well in general. Uh, but I mean, that's it. You could, you could do both of those variations, single leg or or rear foot elevated split squats as well with the bar on the back or bar on the front. And they, tra- I do like the front for transferring quite well to rugby, but it does come definitely with its, uh, not cons, but comes with its drawbacks. All right, let's move into the next question, which isn't from the live. We'll go back to the pre-prepared questions. Uh, Kyle says, tips on training mid-season when you are fatigued and sore. Uh, mm, i mean tips train less like it depends it really does depend on how much you are already training. if you if you're if you're already sore and you're trying to train six days a week you're, you're fighting a losing battle if you're already if you're already sore and you're only training two times a week you'd figure out how to get through that um if you train more often ideally put your intense days on the days that you train rugby Um, and make sure that you have specific high and low days the days that you train rugby just because of the the contact that you might have the fact that your coach might decide to make you you know uh run the gauntlet because you lost it on the weekend there's a lot of unpredictable things i'd always try and put my rugby on my high day and ideally do like my high intensity work before your rugby training it's not going to really negatively affect your rugby training um but it will, it will allow you to then recover the next day a little bit better. Whereas if you do high intensity training and then you do rugby training and he puts you through the grinder, or you do high intense, or you do rugby training and then the next day you do really high intensity training, either way, you've had two days where you've just put the body through the the, the mill, and it's just, it just makes it a lot more difficult to recover from that. Um, at not only recover from that but actually get the benefits of that as well because like you're too busy trying to recover from that first day and then you throw more fatigue on top of that and you, you're never going to get the benefit so i'd really try and be as proactive as i can i would also look at starting off every block with like minimal sets like if you have different exercises like look at tr- starting out with like one to two sets and then like adding in sets as you notice that you're not really getting too too sore you know like a lot of my guys and a lot of programming I do, sometimes I will start out with just one set of 15 or 20 at the beginning of a block because those are easy gains. Take them. People are so afraid to take the easy gains because they just want to train harder and harder and harder. And I get it because I do that too. You know, I'm like, ah, this. I feel like a bit of a pussy, like leaving three reps in the tank or only training one. But if there are easy gains to be made, take them because there is going to be a point in your training where you are like you're having to work your fucking ass off to make a tiny tiny bit of an improvement so when they easy gains are there fucking take them um okay we have time we're doing quite well here time for some more questions uh nick says i'm working on getting my speed back right now and doing weighted sled Hill sprints along with lifting sessions divided to legs every other week, which includes plow, clean squats, weight, step up, single leg squats. Is there anything else I can do to build up? I need more I need, uh, need more context than that. Nick, if you could give me more context, I can definitely help you out with this. Um, I would just make sure that you're not, if you're trying to get your speed, um, it sounds like you're doing a lot. And sometimes less is more with speed training because you're not going to get faster if you're tired, Right. You're only going to get faster if you're working speed and you are working ninety-five plus percent of your absolute max. So you know that for like the most simplistic speed session that you can do that is always going to be effective is sprint twenty to twenty-five meters or fifteen to twenty-five meters, rest two to three minutes, repeat that six times, go home. Like no one like and this goes back to the unsexy thing I I talked about earlier um the like that doesn't sound sexy at all but that is the like the long and short of what speed training should be it's practice get practice speed at the the most intensity that you can allow yourself to stay fresh go again once you feel that intensity drop stop right because then you're not training speed anymore if you're going below 95 percent of your top end speed you're not working speed anymore you're teaching yourself slower mechanics and you're going to teach yourself to run slower you don't want to do that so you want to teach yourself that everything has to be nice and fast um then when you're looking at your cleans and your squats and your single leg squats uh it just sounds like a lot i would focus on like because the particularly when you're looking at single leg squats and maybe the uh either the squats all the way step ups like that looks like it's more aimed to build up strength and um, uh, and like maybe a bit of hypertrophy there on your lower body, which, you know, you can do, but it depends, like, if, if this is a phase where you really want to prioritize getting faster, I would drop most of that, and, you know, you would just do half of those for, I don't know how many sets you're doing, but you would do two speed sessions, and, and you could follow up like one of those speed sessions with a little bit of weights, like in the three to five rep range. And then you could maybe do one extra session again in the three to five rep range of lower body. But I'd keep the volume low because your priority is not trying to do more weights or trying to you know, get better at doing weights. Your priority is to be fresh when you're doing the sprints because you want to get faster. So it kind of goes back also back to that three-month idea. If you want to get faster, just focus on getting faster. Maybe leave your weights to um, just upper body and maybe just doing yeah you know, yeah things in the three to five rep range. Um, or you could follow up potentially. So you could do like a speed session. The next day, maybe like something in like the five to eight rep range, but not too much volume, like low volume. Then take the next day off. If you're feeling good, then go do your sprints. If you're not, take another day off or do upper body and go back to your sprints. But I would try and sprint, Two to three times a week, fresh, which means you're not doing too much, you know, your lower body isn't fatigued to do that. We are approaching up on 40 minutes, so I will try and get to the live questions before. Um, I want to get to the live questions before going into the New Year's resolution ones. So, uh, Jack says, I'm putting on a lot more muscle on one leg than the other. How to fix this? Ooh, so the, the, this is, I like this question because there, there are quite a few ways to sort of think about it, right? Firstly, if you're putting on a lot of muscle on one leg and not on the other, like what are you doing on that good leg that you're not doing? Is it because you're doing, if you're doing like, for example, split squats, are you doing that? the leg that's getting bigger first, therefore you're doing it when you're fresher. I always say, always start with your non-dominant side. So if you're right-handed, right-footed, always start any single leg or single arm movements with your left side, right? Get as many reps as you can or whatever you need to. Then just match that with your right. And that's going to address some sort of imbalances. Um, but really what you're doing is you're holding your your good side back from improving as much as it can, right? Right. It's like um, this might not be the best analogy, but it's like when you you know when you watch the uh, Paralympics and you have the um, you have the um, the sprinters that are uh, partially sighted, right? They have their little gu- they have their guides that are running with them, right? But those guides are fucking fast. But you cannot have uh, you know, but the but they're being held back because the guides cannot sprint faster than the blind people because then they're sort of pulling them along so they have to hold back just a little bit and that's kind of what you need to do with your 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 stronger side is you still train it but you don't train it with the all-out intensity to try and win with that side you're trying to win with the blind side the weaker side because that's trying to you put put everything in with your left leg um, and then you're just going to match that with your and and you're going to match it with relative ease right well not relative ease but you probably feel like oh, i could have got one or two more reps there that's fine or if you go and you're doing lunges or split squats and you go straight into your dominant side maybe the, the fact that you're somewhat aerobically gassed does or, or not necessarily aerobically gassed but cardio wise gassed you um you know you, you you're you actually end up you know matching the reps quite evenly because you're 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 tired and you can't work on your your dominant side um the other thing is just to do um there is an argument to do more single leg work but there's also an argument to do more bilateral work to teach the body to use both legs efficiently together you know no, no one's um like no one's looking at you on a rugby pitch and going or you know if wherever you are going oh look at that. that guy's got one leg that's smaller than the other let's target like there's nothing that you can do it's just a thing a lot of people will have one leg and most people will have one leg that's slightly longer than the other does that mean anything not really like we we're not supposed to be perfectly symmetrical otherwise we would jump everywhere you know we walk foot foot uh you know uh step by step it, one leg at a time we play rugby passing the ball to one side or to the other we use one hand or the other hand and we kick with one leg we're not supposed to be perfectly symmetrical so I wouldn't worry about it too much unless it's becoming an issue where you feel like it might injure yourself or hold you hold you back um because otherwise sometimes if you're caught up so much with trying to bring up your stronger leg, your weaker leg, you really do hold your stronger leg back. Like maybe that guy that's helping, you know, the, the blind guy in the Paralympics, he could actually go and win a fucking gold medal in the Olympics himself. Like you wouldn't want to hold him back just to to make sure that your your weaker leg ends up getting stronger. You wanna just get as strong as you can and then play at your best. I wouldn't overly worry about it, is is more is the point I'm trying to get to. Uh, have I missed my kettlebell question? No. That's going to come up right now. That'll be the last question I answer. So let me just, uh, uh, oh, no, cool. This just means that um, you you have another question about being a better scrummaging second row. I'll get to that next week because I want to make sure that I spend some quality time on the priorities. Actually, I might get to them both. Let's see. So Simon says, <laughs> That's that's not the first time he's probably had that joke been done to him. What place uh, would you say there is in rugby for kettlebell training? How useful are kettlebell swings for rugby? Um, I don't tend to see professionals using, talk about them much. Why is that? Um, At the moment, in hypertrophy stage training, are kettlebell high-intensity training worth my time at the moment. Or should I stick with a barbell? If I'm training twice a week, getting a good cardio in there. Uh, okay. Now, I'm not going to be too brutal on this. I don't like kettlebells too much. I, I really don't. If you've listened to my podcast before, I've never been a big fan of kettlebells. I just think that they are some... No. When I say that, that doesn't mean that they have no use at all, okay? Like, everything can have its use. And I'm not going to say that they're that shit, right? I'm just going to say that th- their use is like a, like a Swiss army knife, right? You wouldn't use a Swiss army knife to try and... as your primary weapon to, take to, to, to try and stab someone. Likewise, you wouldn't try and use a Swiss army knife as your primary use of starting a fire. But it can do that. Likewise, you wouldn't try and use a Swiss Army knife uh, as your primary can opener, but it can also do that. A kettlebell is kind of like that. It does everything, but it doesn't do any of them too well because it, you know. It, it, it and for that people can you know you can buy two kettlebells and you could stay in relatively like amazing shape just using a kettlebell. But uh, if you have uh, a periodized plan like you have certain periods of time where you're trying to do hypertrophy training, you have certain periods of time where you're trying to do strength training, you have certain periods of time where you're trying to work on your conditioning or your speed or whatever it is, right? Then the kettlebell sort of comes a little bit semi-redundant because now you know exactly what you're going to achieve and you probably can find the more appropriate tools to go about achieving that, right? Um, So let me give you an example if you know that you're in a hypertrophy phase right now you could probably use the kettlebell quite well for you know rowing movements but then again you've just told me you've got 18 to 24 kilograms that might not be enough to do a good quality rowing movement likewise it might not be enough to do i mean it could be enough to do some good heavy split squats but who knows you know it won't be very good for bilateral squats but if you if this and now this isn't to say that it cannot work but this is to say that there are probably better options that you can use. Likewise, if you're going to work on your conditioning, again, it can work. And you know, particularly right now, if you're stuck in your house, it can work okay, quite well. But if you want to go out and do some running, that's probably going to be more applicable for a rugby player to uh, improve at. And so to answer why don't you see professionals use it is because when they're doing hypertrophy, they use barbells, they use machines, they use you know the specific things to get themselves to be stronger or to be uh, more muscular in those areas likewise when they're doing speed training or conditioning they'll use rugby sessions specific or, or they'll use you know if they're off feet they'll use bikes they'll use other things that are just a little bit less uh, taxing and less awkward like the biggest selling point of a kettlebell has always been that it's kind of awkward right like you've I, I've never seen anyone do a bunch of kettlebell snatches and kettlebell swings and look like they are um, you know, really glamorous or really elegantly doing that. It always seems look like it looks like kind of awkward, particularly when you rack it and you see them sort of rack it like this. Uh I'm I'm just you know, when when a when a tool is based off of being as awkward as possible, that has its benefits, but I'm not the person that you're going to ask about how to use those benefits. I'd say get a better tool, you know? Um, and that's kind of like the answer to this question. That's why you don't see a lot of uh, professionals using it. Now, um, in terms of a second row, I'm going to preempt the last question that you asked as well. In terms of a second row row trying to uh, use them, like if particularly if you're someone that isn't as strong as you want to be and isn't as big, like, I would figure out ways to incorporate it into my hypertrophy training for sure. Like you could do rack uh, split squats or you could just hold it by your side and do split squats quite well. That could work. Um, some rows. I've actually got some clients in Rubbing Muscle Elite that have got nothing but kettlebells and, you know, we're using it for rows and we're using it for some movements. It is a weight, but, I, you know, if if someone asks me and they have asked me, what would I use or what would I order to uh, get the most effective home training that I can, I would 100% order a, uh, adjustable dumbbell because then you've got a different resistance for different movements. You know, sometimes if you're stuck with one weight, it's not heavy enough to, um, do too much uh, or add too much to your lower body training, but it's too heavy to do some simple curls with, or some overhead presses with, or whatever it is. So, um, yeah, I think, I think that sort of answers that question. Now, in terms of in, you being in the hypertrophy stage of training, I would use your... your if, if hypertrophy is your main goal, I wouldn't worry about kettlebell high-intensity workouts. I would worry about just staying aerobically more conditioned. So on your days off or on your lower days, or even on the days that you train, I would just worry about doing aerobic workouts that don't overly tax your system so that you can devote your... You know, your I say devote your fatigue. Hopefully, that makes sense, right? That if you're going to have a workout that's going to fatigue you, and you're in a hypertrophy phase, that better fucking be the hypertrophy workouts. Because if you're then doing a, you know, if you can't do uh as effective lunging workouts or you can't do as an effective any workout because you're feeling quite sore from your high intensity interval workouts like you've shot yourself in the foot because your goal is to be more muscular your goal is to do as effective hypertrophy training as possible and if you're if your other stuff that's not the main goal is getting in the way of that you're holding yourself back okay now let's look at the priorities that people said and sort of um, sort of help out here because I think we've got quite a few um, like goals here of oh, what we want to achieve in the new year. And I know this was just a comment thread, but I wanted to hammer home one last point for, for this. Um, William says, getting back from basically being commissioned to playing again after three years out. Uh, Kean says, weight gain. Sion Sean says two functioning knees Corey says take better care of my body Ryan says get back to 14 stone and a lean body Lockie says consistency I've set a realistic ge- set a realistic gym schedule Tom says put as much effort into my diet as I do my training uh, save some funds for a training program keep on building on last year's consistency to get bigger and stronger this year now I'd probably say one of the best goals of these is uh, Ryan, who says get back to 14 stone because he's the only one that's given him a definitive thing of this is, this is me. You know, once he gets to 14 stone, he knows when he's made his goal. He's got a specific end point for his goal. A lot of the other people don't have end, go- end points. Okay. Next point I would say on these goals is, and I don't know. Again, these are just Facebook comments, but it's, it's, really important that you understand this it's no use just setting a goal it's about uh giving yourself a measurable goal so you know when you've achieved it so that you can't just bullshit yourself into thinking that you're getting closer and closer you want to have waypoints you want to have a sort of you want to have a a specific end goal and then a sort of a road to it and you want to make sure that you hit those waypoints on your way to your goal um You want to keep as much of that measured as you can. You want to keep it as specific as you can. You want to make sure that you incorporate small little improvements over time. So rather than just uh, address each one one by one, I would just shit on all of them and say, like, boys, you've really got to figure out, like, what it is specifically that you need to improve and how are you going to do that? Um, I mean, I could bang on about how the why is also really important, but if you go and watch the video on the Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook page, and if you're listening to this, you've got one week left to go ahead and watch the video on the Rugby Muscle Athletes Facebook group uh, about goal setting for 2021. That sheet will be taken down for you guys and left for only Team Rugby Muscle and Rugby Muscle Academy members only. So you've only got a week to go and check that out, Um, where we will dig deep into exactly what you want to achieve keeping it as simple as we can and then setting out waypoints and how about you're gonna how you're going to go about achieving those things. Um but I really wanted to just to, like make sure that everyone understands that just saying that you're gonna do these things, they become a bit pie in the sky unless you've got specific action plans to going about achieving those things. And I definitely think all of you can achieve those things, but let's be more specific. Let's build upon those um and that way we can really achieve it. All right, so with that in mind, if you're watching on the Facebook Live, again, keep giving it a thumbs up. Um, If you have any questions, any further questions that I need to answer, I will answer them in the next one. Um, If you are listening on the Apple Podcast, as always, five-star reviews are massive. And it's a new year, so we need new reviews. We need more reviews to really help keep growing the show. These questions have been great, so keep them coming in. I'll get back to them. I'll get to more of them next week. Also, look out on Tuesday, Um, if you're listening to this on the podcast it's already already in your feed but we will be doing uh, a periodization 101 for our rugby muscle applied series before going back to uh, muscle gain and fat loss so look look out for those episodes we are uh, really looking to kick things up an extra notch in 2021 Um, I'm really excited to bring it all to you Um, hopefully you guys enjoyed this episode of our Q&A edition Uh, thumbs up comments I'm a bit rusty here, so I don't know how to end it, but I'll see you guys in.